This is a Burn FM podcast. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Tuck Shop, in which this week we'll be reacting to episode two of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. This was another good, exciting episode, so I'm I'm really looking forward to reacting to this this week. So as always, I'm Dylan. I'm Kat. And I'm a stallion baby, Veronica Green, and welcome to the Tuck Shop. A red wig and a silver dress. I don't think. You're listening to the Tuck Shop. Let's set the scene. Joe Black has just been eliminated. Burnt All the queens at the stake. <laughs> burnt at the burnt stake. At the stake. Robbed. She's a witch. All the queens are returning to the workroom. Uh, immediately, they are clearly a bit shocked. Um, <laughs> what What did we make of the sort of the reaction to all of that? Um, I think it was very obvious that everyone was not expecting that to happen. Um, everyone was just kind of walked in a bit like, oh, okay, so this is this is happening. People are going home, and not only is anyone going home, cabaret legend Joe Black is going home after being here for five minutes. Everyone's just kind of like, oh, okay, so this is a competition now. Very, I think it's a wake-up call. Wow. Yeah, I think it, it it almost was a very dramatic shift in, like, this is a competition now. Yeah. There's no messing about. It was all a bit of a fun kiki with, like, a few queens that we've worked with before until now, but now it's gotten real. And you can really feel that in their confessionals and like when they were wiping off Joe's message. Immediately, the the shock and sort of th- there was immediately that that sort of shock that they felt just created this tense vibe. The whole episode just held this sort of tension and weird sort of it was it was almost like nothing was held back, but kind of like there was something being held back through the whole episode. Um, and the way that that immediately manifests is a horror pops up again and um, has a little back and forth with Astina um, saying to her face what she said about uh, the coat and how she felt that she should have been in the bottom. And Astina came back at her. What, what do we make of what's going on there? I think... What did she say again? Something about, like, we've all got a resume and what's yours say? Yours is she nothing. She said at the end so of the far. day check your CV oh wait and then she walked away but what does that mean just like I've got something to show for myself because I've got a win and you've not yeah I guess and the fact that well Astina in her promo so she talked about how she's danced for every big name under the sun like Connie West she's danced for quite a big name in the like East London scene right now heard about that one she terrifies me <laughs> that's what Tia Coffee said I've heard tales about this one tales but yeah I don't know it was just I mean I'm glad she said it to her face I'm glad she wasn't like, no, babes didn't say that. That's lies. She literally said it's unforgivable that you wanted an ASOS jacket. And if that's her opinion, that's her opinion. And she didn't lie about it. But at the end of the day, she's not got to win an Astina Dutz, so she can show up. I just don't really understand the argument because a whore is wearing like a sort of a sparkly fancy dress Robin Hood outfit. It's cute. I like it, but I also think if one one's wearing stretchy, sparkly material and the other one's wearing an ASOS jacket, it's not much I, I assume the ASOS jacket is probably more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, immediately Ahura is is alerting herself to the other queens around her. And like, I mean, Ginny and Tia had a little chat about it um, immediately that she is stirring the pot a little bit. Yeah, let's put it that way. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think that again, that sort of tension that came straight from the start is immediately present in the the rest of, of the episode. And just to complement that perfectly... That took us straight on to the mini challenge, which I thought was a really fun mini challenge. Um, really cool idea. And they did it well. Um, 
what did we make of the mini challenge? Can I just say, these BBC producers have absolutely nothing on the American producers when it comes to creating artificial manufactured drama out of thin air. Like, like, like think of last season when they did rank like the tops and bottoms yeah. like, and the Vivian had to go like one, like pretty much put like bagger and vinegar at the end, at like the top and then had, what was it, Scaredy Cat Scary at the bottom. Yeah. Just like to create like almost like, why didn't you pick me? I think at the time it was a bit of a thing with Cheryl. I think when you think about the psychology of a drag queen, it's just like being quite, oh, like, I am the one, I am, I am untouchable. When someone almost gives you a bit of a reality check or like you're almost perceived as like the bottom of the barrel, it can like manifest certain in a, in a darkness <laughs> that will then be exploited for the masses on reality television. <laughs> Isn't it? It's not sort of like what they did with Nikki Graham in Big Brother House oh God, when they yeah. just kept putting on the aircon to drive her more and more insane. <laughs> she was like, not okay. Not... Like, what are you trying to do to me? <laughs> what are you trying to do to me? It's, it's like a blizzard. I'm going to catch a cold. <sighs> what do you think of the um, rankings? So we had who was first? It was Trade Minister. Uh, yeah, so, so Trade Minister was Tace um, with a little bit of history potentially. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk through our own votes for these in a second. Um, and then Baroness Basic was Tia. Correct. Uh, cocky, what was it called? Count Something like Count Cocky or something. Well researched, this podcast. Um, was was Lawrence Cheney and Secretary of Shade. There we go. Um, so the Secretary of Shade was, of course, as has been discussed so far, a horror. So... Should we just run through our votes for each of each of these ones? Okay. So let's go trade minister. Leader of lording it up. Leader of lording it up. Is that the cocky one? There we go. Okay, so let's start with trade minister. Um, it's got to be taste, hasn't it? There's, there's no question about it. When I have all said since the promo photos first came out and we were exposed to taste, that I did a bit of um, prowling <laughs> on the Instagram. <laughs> And did confirm that she was the um, most attractive male outside of drag. Sister, sister. Really? Oh. It's Gorge, I think. And I really like, I really like his voice. Yeah, sister, sister's trade minister, in my opinion. You give it over taste. I'd give it over taste, yeah. I think taste is gorgeous. I think Astina's gorgeous, and I think Ginny's gorgeous, obviously. But um, sister, sister, just I think it's the cutest. Okay, so we've got, I mean, I think, did Sister Sister get a vote? I think Sister Sister got a vote. Didn't Ginny vote Sister Sister? So. Who else is there? Who else could be a contender? For like... Astina. Yeah, Ellie Diamond voted Astina. Oh. I could see I could see a few people voting for Ellie Diamond just because they're like, like the tall thing. Okay, so shall we move on to our personal choice for Leader of Lording It Up? What do we reckon? I thought this was a hard one. I don't you think there was a clear contender yet. Like... It's obviously Astina. She walked into the warp and she was like, these queens have an arsenal of two or three moves. My arsenal is infinite. Look at my CV. I'm amazing. I'm everything. And I think, fair enough. Like, she's a drag queen and she is very talented. She has every right to be that cocky, but she is, I think, the cockiest. I think Lawrence Cheney, who got the vote, is actually quite insecure. Mm. I mean, everyone's insecure in some way, but... I, I, I think Lawrence only really got it because so far she's been the main one there with, like, the witty, like... Yeah. Like little comments and little jokes here and there. She's all always there with like a one-liner at any given moment, and that can be seen as maybe probably threatening to the other queens. Oh, I actually don't know who I'd put as the cockiest one on that topic, other than Estina, really. Uh, yeah, I'd probably have to go with Estina, or maybe a horror. But I think Shade Minister is much more. What was it? Secretary of Shade is much yeah. more appropriate. 
Yeah, I, I've been pulled over to Astina as well based on that. I, I mean, there was no clear front runner for me. I think you need a bit longer to know. And again, I also get why Lawrence, yeah, because it's Lawrence has this sort of hard exterior that we sort of do see unfold a little bit more in this episode, which we will get on to later on. But yeah, I'd agree with you on that. So what next? We've got, okay, yeah. So Secretary of Shade. Uh, there's no questions here, is there? It's a horror. Yeah, I mean, a horror has come in. Immediately, I think with the intention to be the shady one, I don't know to what end that is. I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know what the plan is with it, but it's obviously a horror, and I think we all agree. Screen time. Until she quits drag. <laughs> like episode one, she was the first one to be like, "Who do you think is in trouble? I think Astina's in trouble. We I think Tia Cobb's in." Watching Drag Race, there's always that one queen or one a couple of queens who do it, and she's like, "I know this role. I'm gonna happily take that up because I know it will get me attention, not in a bad way." Like, I don't know. Probably, if anything, it's probably gonna get her to the final. Really, do we think like Fifi would have gotten to the final if it wasn't for her drama with Sharon? Sure, like usually we'll see like the villain of the season get at least halfway, if not to the top five or three, and because. They add entertainment value and they're bringing something to the show. They'd much rather get rid of maybe like the quiet but like reasonably talented ones that don't really bring too much. Right, so Baroness Basic. I could not really think of anyone else this could have gone to other than Tia Coffee, apart from maybe Veronica Green. Or Astina. Do you think Bait? No. no. Promo look. You really hate Astina. I don't. I love her. You put her up for every category. I think she's so talented. This is this is not a parliament. This is a dictatorship of just Astina. <laughs> she has all the roles in government. <laughs> Astina is all of them. Astina is the most. No, I just... If you think about her promo look, I think she's... I, I, I'd say Tia is Baroness Basic, I agree. Tia or Veronica. But Astina, I think, is in the running. Because you're saying looks aren't as good. Looks aren't as good. Because that's what I assumed Baroness Basic was about. Yeah, because like you have, if you have, you have a basic look. Like yeah, it's like the Fiat Five Hundred of like drag, drag race UK. Yeah. Like, like, and I think like Tia Coffee is obviously very talented, and so is Astina. And like they wouldn't have voted Tia Coffee Baroness Basic on the basis of her talent because I think she's really talented. But based on her wardrobe and her showing so far, I think it was the right winner. Yeah, my vote is for Tia as well. Again, Veronica would have been up there for me, but. I think a lot of us got proved wrong this episode, which we will explore later on. But the initial feeling is Veronica would be up there as well. Um, I think it's just the face. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica. I, she's not a makeup queen. We'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> um, but we'll talk more about Veronica later. So talking about Baroness Basic, what that allowed is it gave Tia the chance to cast. And again... Straight onto the casting, that tension. It was back, wasn't it? It was back in the air. I appreciated Tia's tactics. She was like, I could screw everyone up. I could screw everyone over, but I want this to be the best it can be. But I think that really speaks to like the UK queens wanting to show like the full potential of UK like British drag. They're not doing it to win the competition. They're doing it to kind of be like, this is our chance. This is our chance to do something really good. And like, if everyone kind of did a bit rubbish because Tia casted them badly, it'd be remembered as a bad episode of Drag Race. Whereas I think this has gone down as a really good episode of Drag Race because the casting was so on point. But it was very tense. It was so tense. But also what I did like, I think this was a great chance for Tia to almost get her screen time 
and no, she, I just found her so endearing. Like she, every time she's almost like hit down a bit, or maybe is a bit crusty, or looks a bit embarrassing. Oh, yeah. um, I love she she almost just jokes it off. Yeah, and like just keeps rolling with the punches, and I just think that is such a nice feature to see in a yeah. queen. Yeah, that is the thing about Tia is that she is like really likable, but around Tia, everybody else sat there. That scene felt yeah. like it went on for about half an hour. Yeah, there was so there was Cherry trying to contest Veron. So Cherry versus Veronica, there was claws in that was uh, with a horror getting involved as well. With the I've seen Cherry perform like she can kill yeah, that, and I felt bad for Veronica in yeah, that. I was- I was going to say, I felt really bad for Veronica. I saw a tweet, it was like cinematic parallels. Davina, M- Davina DeCampo going, do you know anyone else has 15 years of experience? And Veronica going, I have 15 years of stage show experience. <laughs> cinematic parallels. I feel really h- sad because what I find about Veronica is she's quiet. She does what she does and she does it well she and she said, knows didn't it. she say in talk that she always feels like no one ever realised she exists? <laughs> That's my life being underestimated. I feel so sorry for her because she... She's so talented and she knows it, but she doesn't go on about it. So when Cherry was like, I can do it, even though I've been dragged by doing this for less than a year. And I felt really bad for Veronica to be like, yeah, but this is what I do. Like she has to justify herself. And I felt like all these people who were louder and more comfortable were like, yeah, but I don't, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. But like it does because she's obviously like, this woman is so talented. And I felt so sorry for her to like defend what she can do because it's obvious that she is the most talented singer in the cast. Okay, this is just coming from a young white twink speaking about young white twinks, but young white twinks tend to have an experience to just brush anything of actual substance <laughs> or of anything anything over the age of 26 like aside and act like it doesn't exist. So I think that probably stands for the majority of the reason why Veronica has gone invisible for the last few years of her life. And I think that speaks to why they were just like, yeah, sorry, this role ain't for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, Let's give it, it to the other skinny white twink because us skinny white twinks want the other skinny white twink to also have the other skinny white twink role. In the end, she did use Veronica. Wow. Tia's, Tia's aim was to cast it as well as possible. Yeah. How well did Tia cast it? Perfectly. In my, in I, my, in my homosexual opinion. <laughs> in my humble opinion or honest opinion, I'm HO. I can... Like, I thought there were some controversial things like maybe... Bit putting a horror as one of um, the slum rats, whatever. I can't. What are they called? I think she turned it in. She did. I think she did. Like I thought. I don't know. I thought the casting was really good. Okay, the one like part I don't really disagree on, but I don't actually know who could have done it better was Estina. Like, she was really selling it with like, I can sing, I can dance, I can act. I'm a triple threat in like the confessionals. Oh, I'm lost and scared. (laughs) No, but obviously that was the character. But I just, I just wasn't enjoying the character i'm not sure whether it was a writing of the character yeah i do but it's it's i think it's a little bit the writing um i don't think it's a well-written character but i also don't know who would have done it better better. yeah Yeah, i I think it was the right one for astina again she didn't blow me away i thought it was not the best acting in the world but listen i don't know who else would have done it I think Astina would have been better in either Ellie Diamond or Tace's role because that's a dancing role, kind of. They did a little, like a little dancey bit about RuPaul's Rat Race. And I think Astina would have been good in that and maybe Tace or Ellie as Jane. But I think just those three characters I just think weren't great. I, I wouldn't want any of those. Yeah, I think Ellie could have done that one. Yeah. I think when you consider the people that usually win, like Rusicals or any sort of acting challenge or... No, no, what it is, it's not the it's not the queens that are in the show throughout. 
it's normally the queens that pop in for a quick segment, steal the show. Like Shea Coulee in the Kardashian musical. Or Tia Coffee in this. Or Tia Coffee and Veronica, who both had like one song, one small role that stole the spotlight completely. And I think when queens pick the roles, like, I don't know, Estina, who's almost like, she's more of a narrative device to drive the plot along than as something to steal the show. The only exception I can think of um, is... Shade the musical in season six where Courtney Act won, but that's because she had an amazing singing voice and it was a really good singing yeah, part. Whereas this was, was kind of like, then it wasn't much amazing singing, it wasn't much to do with it. That had as much smaller cast though, as well, really. Adore, Adore and Courtney there had like each of their own moment on their own, whereas that's the other true. queens were in like groups. That's true. Or like another example could be uh, Ben Creme in All Stars 3 in that um, VH1, drop. like microphone drop. Like she really didn't perform with the other queens hardly yeah. for the whole episode. And then she came at the end with probably the most comedic role and killed it and won the challenge again. It's not these queens that like are present throughout. It's the ones that jump in, steal the spotlight and jump out. And they're the ones that get remembered. So let's, with that in mind, move on to this specific rusical, which uh, it was overall impressions then first of it. What what did you think? Because personally, it um sort of in a way loved it, sort of in a way thought it was completely outrageous and just no didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, it is kind of the point that it don't make sense. Um, and also it did give me school play vibes, big school play vibes. But then I enjoyed it. So what what did you guys think? I got I got the school play vibes as well. But I think that is partly due to it being live. And usually, like now in modern seasons of Drag Race, they record themselves singing and then play it back and lip sync to it. Like here, there was no room for ever error. Here, there was no room for error, and when they made an error, it was made blatant. And I sort of like that a bit more. I sort of like that now instead of like throwing a spectacle, it's like you're thrown into you're you're thrown into the like frying pan, and you either sum in or sum in else. You either, you either fry or burn. No, like you're, you're pretty much... No, here you're pretty much thrown into the fry, frying pan and you either... I think fr- thrown into the deep end, you either yes, think no, or Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. That is what I'm thinking of. Here you're thrown into the... Fr- here you're thrown into the deep... Here, you're thrown into the deep end and you either sink or swim and I like that much more. I really enjoyed the musical. I thought... I think it was obvious that it was... More British inspired. I think it was British written. I think. I can't tell you that for a fact. Because they had like Bimini and Ahura's part was inspired by punk stuff. And then, yeah, like um, Jane Doody Stench. Diphtheria. Yeah. So funny. So funny. I just thought it was very. All the characters were really good. It was really fun. It was like off, 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 off West End production. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. It was really cute and campy. I thought all the verses were funny, I think. Okay, so let's let's start positively then as we move into specifics. Who did we think stood out to us as good performers in this musical? Gorgeous first opinion, I think Tia Coffey did better than Veronica Green in the performance. I thought she was absolutely hilarious. She had me laughing the most. I thought she was so funny. That was my favourite. Her and Veronica did amazing. And I think that uh, Bim Mini did amazing. And Ahura did quite well as well, I think. Oh, I think Ginny was actually rubs of being in the top three. In the I agree. I agree. Yeah. She was hilarious. Like, she made a mistake. She called her diphtheria instead of dysentery, but she was like, oh, it was really funny. And she, had, like, sang well. She had the character down. The makeup was hilarious. It was really good. Yeah, I, I, I can't 
decide who was better out of Tia and Veronica in it. I might just give Veronica the edge because when I watched it back, you could tell that Veronica had that West End experience. She looked like just a West End woman. That's that's what she looked like in the performance. It looked like when you go to the West End and you see a woman performing, because that's what she said in in the promo build-up, that she started doing drag because she wanted to play women in theatre. So she auditioned for Cinderella as Cinderella, and they left her out of there. And she was like, right, that's it. I'm, I mean, it's probably a very condensed version of the story, but she was like, right, that's it, I'm doing drag. And that showed that she just wanted to give yeah, off... Illusion. Yeah, that illusion yeah, of femininity, and she encapsulated it perfectly. Um, but in terms of Ginny... I think Ginny played her character to the fullest. There wasn't any more that Ginny could have done with it. It, it's, it is a limited character. She's like but Yeah, it's the narrator role, but she played it perfectly was the thing. Um, so I think Ginny, Tia and Veronica are, were the big standouts for me. Okay, my favourite performance was actually Veronica. I did think she deserved it. And I was actually quite impressed with Ahura. Because when you compare Ahura and um, Bimini? Bimini at the start... Bimmy was embodying that punk vibe from the beginning. And I do think she really has a bit of that. So I do think it was more of a stretch for Ahura to go there. And that's what impressed me. My favourite part of the episode is when Ahura wasn't giving it full energy in rehearsal. And the dance was like, what? Because she had a little pink tail neck and trousers. And she was just there like, no, Raptor grow. That was so funny. They came for her fully. Like, you can't do it because you're in a little pink tail neck. Your little cigarette trousers. So funny. So funny. Get her, Jade. <laughs> Get her, Jade. Um, we'll move on to who we think didn't do so great. And I would say that all three of the Rat Pack, it's they had the toughest thing because they were, first of all, a trio. Unlike... Asenio and Ahura were a duo that, and Tace and Ellie I find that harder because you've got the same character basically twice but this time three times there was a really difficult chance of having to make themselves stand out I don't think anyone really did it I think the person who did it best was Lawrence because she added in her accent and made it funny and kind of spoke sang but then there was also that moment of vulnerability where it was obvious that she wasn't comfortable with what she was doing mm-hmm. and I think that I think that considering that that she had a breakdown during rehearsal and stuff and was really embarrassed, or not embarrassed, and really nervous about it. I thought she really did okay. I actually think, in terms of performance, like, Lawrence did the worst. Like, in terms of, like, the dance moves, the singing, she was just very fortunate that she has a great personality and a great character behind her. And And I do think that speaks to, like, how queens are usually successful in drag races. Like, they make up for their weaknesses with their strengths. But... In terms of like the object objective like view of the performance, I did think she did poorly, and I also did not really find Sister Sister's performance exciting at all. Um, I who you laughed most? I thing is, um, Cherry cap- captivated me the most in that whole just, scene. Really? I thought she no. was just so camp. Okay, the gang, <laughs> they're hitting me. <laughs> Ben, that is outrageous and wrong. Sisters of the Rat Pack, Sister Sister was objectively the best, best one. Obvious. Got all her dance moves right. No. She didn't stand out in that no. role, but she, she sold it. She got all her dance moves right. And Lawrence did better than Cherry as well, because even though Lawrence missed a few of the dance moves, Lawrence had the confidence to sell it. Cherry sold nothing sold in that Rat Pack. They were all giving camp. Sister Sister was giving camper than Cherry. Sister Sister was the best of the Rat Pack purely because of that line when they walked in going, is it a stage production? Is it a movie? It cracked, like, it cracked me up so bad. 
Sister Sister was the best one. She had the character there. She was like giving the face, giving the dance moves. She had that funny little line. She delivered that perfectly. Whereas the other two kind of... Like Lawrence saved it with personality. Cherry did nothing with it. No, she did. You can't say she didn't. She didn't do anything with it. I'm sorry. She just, she just, she did the dance moves, said the lines, was in the bottom two, went home. I agree. Uh, and and I think there was only one person that did worse than Cherry in the whole performance, and that was Tace. Mm-hmm. Tace, I think, I was the worst performer. She didn't sell any of her lines. She did miss her lines, and, and she, she did miss her dance moves. She, she exactly she cared too much about how she looked and she just didn't embody a musical spirit at all it was just like her trying to perform kind of off beat like trying to catch up and get in time the whole thing and it was just a mess and I felt awkward watching it because like I've been in performances before and when you are just slightly like oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no but it's true like when you're just like trying to catch up you could see that she was freaking out like I don't. I don't think Taste thinks she did well. I think she knows that she was the worst one because you could see in her head that she was trying to catch up with the rest of the musical, and she didn't catch up. What I will say though is I do think Taste had a harder role than the three. What were they? Ratatats. The Rat Packs, because she had a much quicker song. She had more choreography, and she had just generally more to do. And she was on her own with just Ellie Diamond, who is like this six foot like blonde thing of like drag perfection even though she did probably she no actually she didn't do amazing either but like she didn't do as bad as taste but also i don't think i i think both i don't think either of them two should have been in the bottom let me counter your point here let me counter your point here you say that taste had a harder role because she had more dance moves more character however comma with all this dance even with all this character she still managed to give it less character she had more choreography more to do yet she still managed to fade into the background more with a, with a role that's that like campy and draggy, to fade into the background is a bit of a poor showing, especially considering she's a dance queen. Oh, it was poor from taste. Like despite people messing up or some people not doing amazingly as others, I thought the whole musical was really really entertaining. One of the best ones I've seen. Fun. It was so much fun. It was so much. I think everyone like the ensemble bits were great. When they all died at the end, it was hilarious. I just thought it was a really fun musical and I really enjoyed it. Right, so now, shall we move on to the runaways, where we have the guest judge, Sheridan Smith. I love her. I love her. <laughs> That's nice for you. Right, so on the topic... Why not? <laughs> because, have you seen this video? She ate some chips that she fed a dog once. No, there's this video. <laughs> Basically, what she does, she goes to a chip shop and gets like chips, peas and gravy or something, which, you know... So she's there eating it with her hands, sitting by the side of the road, and then like giving some chips to her dog as well. And then the dog will eat it out of her hands. And then she'll go in with her like hands covering dog saliva <laughs> and get another load for her. But she was the original West End Elwoods. Um, and I think that's really impressive. And I really, really... Uh, she's really good. The runway theme was surprise, surprise. Reveals left, right and centre. But I think the Queen's really under-delivered on this runway theme. I, think, I thought it was really disappointing. I can't lie to you. The best look, which... I think it was Ellie Diamonds. It you was, think that was the best? It was, still wasn't great because it was the same dress three times. Like, what do we think were the best and worst? Best first, Ginny Lemon. It was it was so hilarious. It being the same dress, it's just so clever and funny. And then having her hairy ass at the end, just chef's kiss. Same, like, 
when Detox turned around in All Stars 2 and had her ass out, it was a nice ass. But this is Ginny Lemon's bare, hairy ass. It's perfect. It's so camp. It's so funny. I thought it was a really nice dress. The Crocs were fabulous. The, the reason that reveals have become such a big thing in Drag Race is because some of the early reveals really made you... They surprised you. You know what I mean? Now, with a reveal challenge, you know that there's a reveal coming, so you're less surprised. So what you expect that you want to see is the most amazing, mind-blowing reveals ever. But what Ginny did is she did it on sort of like a few steps. So like you walk out, yeah, yeah, and you do the fake reveal of it being another dress. And then you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. But you're like, that's it. And then she turns around and her hairy ass is there. And you're like, oh my God, this is so fun. Like it actually surprises you. It was the most surprising reveal. And in terms of if that's where reveals come from, then that that's what makes it good the thing is i think this is a great example of Ginny. Ginny is not your typical drag race queen but this clearly shows her taking like the initiative and having the awareness to like edit her style of drag for the drag race stage yeah and it paid off and it paid off off, yeah so i think that my other favourite runway look was Veronica Green's, which is surprising because I never thought of her as a look queen, like going to her Instagram. I loved Veronica Green's runway. I thought it was so clever. The first look was gorgeous. I thought it'd be like, take the skirt off. She's wearing like a little sexy panty or something. But the fact that she came out, she was a robot. It was this gorgeous gold breastplate and she looked stunning. And she did not fail to um, throw in there that she made it. Yeah, yeah, she she really had to get that in there. It's like, yep, it took me a long time, so I'm glad it paid off. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, I really did enjoy it. I mean, when she first came out, I did think like her hairline was very low, and I was like, okay, so we're not good at makeup or wigs now. <laughs> the wig had a fringe piece that she lost, so the actual helmet bit of it was meant to come a lot lower as well. But because she lost lost that fringe piece, she had to cut the front of the helmet off just before she went on the runway. Um, but I think Michelle got it spot on. When she first came out, I don't think anybody thought they were going to like it. And then when it was a robot, like, and it was kind of like a robot done in a 50s style as well. I felt like it embodied that sort of 50s science fiction feel. The whole thing felt very Jetsons going from like this, like suburban, like probably quite like this like suburban housewife yeah. making cookies for the kids like like you know like the ideal like woman of the 50s coming out and then transforming into like this this like c3po like what it was was very do you remember detox in all stars 2 for that future in a way when she was basically all silver this like robotic basically like sex toy yeah sort of like like this over yeah i i thought it was such a good like dichotomy that they had between the two looks you didn't see it coming i I think this is probably this was probably the best look on the runway, um, but also one of the one I did like that didn't really get spoken about at all was Ahoras. Yeah, oh my god. But the thing is, we we Ahoras was the first one out, right? Yeah. So and I did like like the masculinity femininity thing. It was like, kind of expected. It was expected, but then expected. but then you see the rest of the other reveals, and you re- look back and you think that was actually one of the best reveals. Because what a lot of the rest of these surprises were was just taking a jacket off <laughs> or like, I don't know, dropping like your like saggy top into a saggy dress. Like, <laughs> like, Actually, that's what Lawrence did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It was a disappointing winning for me, but the two that were good, well, the two best ones I thought were really, really good. 
I like Dustina's look. I didn't think it was a reveal. Um, I really liked it because I'm a fan of Mortal Kombat. I really got the reference straight away, and then I knew she'd have the teeth behind before well, that she, because that is another reference to the games. And I thought, I thought it also stays in theme with what Astina has said her drag is. That it's quite like streamlined back. So obviously she's not mm. going to come out. Obviously she's not going to come out in a massive sparkly gown yeah, yeah. like she's gonna come out something she can dance in yeah she's she's still staying true to her style of I, drag I liked it, yeah. but or, like Ginny is working it in and like fitting it into like the drag race mold a bit yeah. more so what didn't we like which which ones weren't good so i'm just having a look through them here now and i have to say so oh, the, the obvious one poor ones i know which one you're going to talk about so so cherries i didn't think was good uh it was very we live in a society but oh. I, I think we'll talk about it a bit more when we talk about the bottoms but it just it kind of like tried to make a point and just didn't really make a point and it was very obvious this, i was watching this um with my housemates and it was very you could see the reveal coming like what uh, my housemate said is imagine if the balloon was the pregnancy belly she popped that and the rainbow came out of that like she was holding a balloon and popped it like a baby drag queen fallout or something like that can i just say when it got onto the lip sync and it was memories i was begging that she was going to push a baby out during memories because that would have been amazing but no no such no such look uh the other ones that i thought were poor were lawrence cheney's my thing for lawrence cheney is okay the blue material looked like blue tarpauling that you'd take camping. Yes. And the rest of it was tartan. It looked like a picnic blanket. Yeah. This, this, no, this was one of these like outdoor camping pic, picnic, bl- bl- like, picnic blankets that you take. And it was just such a, a thick, like hard material. And it just, it didn't, it didn't it flow. Like, it looked like a cake. Yeah. It looked like a wedding cake. She looked like a tartan Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah, so taste was another disappointment because obviously, like we know this, we know taste will look good. Like it was, a, it was a great face. Like Veronica, the face uh, was was in my very very humble no makeup knowledge experience bad, but taste looked great. But it's like we get it, you look good. Like uh, red, red, and red. Oh, you're still in red. Like, cool. Alan Carson did perfectly. Like you know, you look fit. But like, give us some more. Like, you can't be lazy. You cannot put a black corset under a red mesh bodysuit. It's an easy fix. Put a piece of red fabric over it. Like, I don't know. She must have like, I don't know. It's just it was really lazy, and I was really mad at her because like all the pieces individually were fine. But for a reveal challenge, red, red, red jacket revealing the same thing underneath. Blood capsule. That's like a pound shop Halloween gag you can get. It's not quite reveal on RuPaul's Drag Race main stage. What I do think we need to consider is that this is only season two of Drag Race UK. And when comparing this to like the US seasons where they've got these like giant designers and spending like thousands on just one reveal outfit or like, I don't think they can be compared. And I think we've just become, we've, our expectations just in general become so high of what we should expect to see on Drag Race. But the th- yeah, the thing is, like, Veronica and Ginny showed that you don't need a big, stunning designer to do a really good reveal. Those were both really good, surprising reveals, and there was just nothing surprising or fun or jaw-dropping about it, and that's just why it wasn't a good reveal, because it did nothing to... Like, it made you think she looks good, but that's because it's taste, and taste looks good, but it didn't make you think anything else. Yeah. Like, you weren't like, whoa, oh, wow, more red. Yeah. Oh, a bit of red blood. Whoa. Do you want to see a coffee? 
Look. Yeah, tea or coffee. Go, go ahead. I loved the leather daddy. Hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. It was so funny. Like, she wasn't trying to be fashion here. That's what... I mean, the wig... I'll, I'll talk about the wig later, but that was... <sighs> but then the dress underneath it was, like, kind of disgusting. Like, kind of the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire... Like, kind of, I want to rip my eyes out. It just made her proportions look so strange. She she looked like a praying mantis going to, like, her sixth form prom. Like, the bod... Like, there was just something wrong, like, with her abdomen. It was the corset was too long. And, and the skirt was too low down. But mostly... Was it not just a bit random? <laughs> like, now I'm a leather daddy, and now I'm doing salsa. Like, where, where did it come from? What's what's? I thought she was going for He-Man in the first one, and then He-Man. He's a cartoon character from like the 80s and oh, 90s. Okay. He was like this strong guy, and I thought like the muscles and like were like all about that. And then I realised it was the wrong wig, and then she, she turned into that. And I was like, okay, this is definitely not He-Man. It was the wrong wig on all levels. It was like there was these chunky streaks. What wig? This was just pulled out of the plug right before. <laughs> this ain't no wig. This is not wig. This is the leftover scraps from Rats the Rusical <laughs> that she's kind of compiled together. She raided a hairdresser floor and got bits of blonde and glued them together. No, do you know what wig this is? Do you remember on Glow Up? <laughs> the haunted tree man. Oh, the penguin guy. The penguin guy? This was that wig. Tea and coffee stole this wig out of Val Garland's car. She brought, she brought a crowbar, broke into Val Garland's boot, and ding dong, and stole this wig and wore it on RuPaul's Drag Race season two, and wore it on RuPaul's Drag Race season two. Just random Tia. I think Tia is just. I don't know. I think Tia's runways, as long as she stays in, are just going to carry on being random. Like she said, I've got my three worst looks out of the way, so get ready. And then she comes out with this. Like it was really fun. The leather daddy was great, but the hair and the flamenco dress were just um, so disgusting, so disgusting. I also the judging was a bit off on the runways of this episode when the judges were like, "Taste this looks like something you can buy in a store." Yeah, I've seen a woman with an ASOS jacket. I don't know. No. Oh, I've got a, me and Ben spoke about this. Yeah. So I brought it to him. So here's the thing, right? Tace's looks like something that she's bought out of a store. It looks like she's bought a whole outfit from a store. Oh, Astina looks like she's looked for a jacket. She's she's thought of an outfit. She's thought of a fit, and she's looked for a jacket that is going to work with that. In that way, even though the jacket's pre-made, it's essentially another like element. It's an element of it. It's not the whole thing. Whereas Tace's just looks like she just went and bought a little red reveal outfit. And also another thing is with Estina's runway on episode one, she was playing a character, so there are That's allowances true. that can be made. No doubt, I take it back. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're not on next week because you have ridiculous opinions. <laughs> I am now. I've taken over Michelle Visage's public edit or took shop enemy number one. No, no, that's sister sister. <laughs> <laughs> this is you so against. Oh, talking about sister sister. Shall we talk about that runway, which I have nothing but bad things I didn't really to say. It. It, was just, it was like the... Um, the, the, the brain reveal was good. It was like the very 60s, like, it was like Lady Bunny Trixie Mattel yeah, first. And then, and then it went into like this, like, thing. this like, tattooed, like, bold-headed, like, leather harness She'd outfit. That, but it, shop yeah, it, but it just didn't fit. It looked saggy. I just didn't like it. Fair enough. I didn't, I didn't like that. I thought it was average, but... I mean, I feel like this is the thing to say about about you, Ben, for listeners, is that I do feel like... 
<laughs> what was that? I do feel like you fixate on somebody early on and then you become much angrier about them than you should be. So I feel like it was average and it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't one of the worst ones, I don't think. She was average the whole episode. That's why she was safe. Because also, both the looks didn't make any sense together. What, do you think Tia Coffees did? No, but I've, I've, <laughs> but I've slated that already. Do you think? Do you think sisters? There is. There is a lack of consistency. Do you think it was worse than your coffees? I think they're as bad as each other. There's no. Just, no, 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 no. Okay, fine. Sister sisters was slightly Does better, but it? no. The thing is, there is an inconsistency with your both of yours ju- judging. I don't think this is random. I, I don't think it's it random in the same way. The theme is it's meant to be like with like the whatever it is over the top. I don't even know what to call it. Um. It's like, it's kind of like that sort of 70s, like, housewife-ish vibe Mm. to then dominatrix. There's there's a story to it, at least. Tia's just, was just two things put together. And like, it wasn't that well done, but it was just safe. It wasn't one of the worst. Um, It was an idea, at least. That's the thing. It was an idea. Like, reveal this dominatrix. That's, That's an idea. That's what it had. Another thing I find frustrating though is that it was a head to toe like dress in the first look anyway so you knew like it was going to be a full body reveal though at least with tea or coffees it was a bit like oh and the dress comes down to the floor like no. there was nothing it was like do you remember when do you remember when Aquaria came out for her like final yeah, final so lip sync in, in season 10 and she just looked like a baked potato and you knew there was going to be a reveal behind reveal, it the point of a reveal is that you're not expecting it you need to look like a cohesive look one and a cohesive look two yeah you can't like go half hearted on one of the other looks just because it's a reveal yeah I agree I'd I was so mad at yeah. for that. And so I think mad. that's an issue I had with um, Ellie Diamonds is that it was just like three of the same look. So shall we move on to... I mean, we've kind of discussed our tops and bottoms, really. Shall we move on to the judging? Because you, Kat, felt that the judging was inconsistent, I guess, across between first week and second week. But I have to say, I, I tops and bottoms, I think the judging was spot on this week i i I wouldn't argue with any of it other than other than so let's let's talk tops first my only problem is Ginny not being in the top because she did her role to the to the best of like anybody's ability and the runway was really fun but that being said veronica had to be the winner this week i mean she surprised everybody with the with the thingy the reveal and she performed avita avita von fleas perfectly yeah so nods to avita like to ava paran it was so clever she killed it period period yeah veronica green was the obvious winner Round of applause. Yeah. Never underestimate a queen who is humble. I just love Veronica Green. Everyone was so like underestimating of her. And RuPaul was there like, no, it's obviously you're clearly a competitor. So this is a wake up call to the girls. Just because you're not all loud, kick out, rats, tat, tat. We did it as well. We did, fair, we did. In the Meet the Queens, I was probably the nicest about her out of no, all us three. All together now. She was really good on All Together Now. The bottom three, I think, were Lawrence... Tace and... But why was Lawrence there? Because they basically gave her critiques to be like... You're safe. Yeah. I would have much rather have taken someone that was in like... I would have rather have seen someone... Like, what? I know who you'd rather have seen. No, sister, I, sister. Yes, I would rather have seen sister, sister. But in general, I would have rather taken someone that they can either praise or critique. Because yeah. this ended up just being like, 
oh, you just needed to fill a spot so you put Lawrence like, there. There was nothing constructive. I also disagree that Ellie Diamond was in the bottom because her runway, I think, was mediocre and her performance in the Ruse was mediocre. I think she should have been safe. I would have rather have seen someone else there. But I do think they seem to like Ellie, so maybe Rue just keeps... Rue just wants to talk to her, keep talking to her on the runway. She did Wizard of Oz, so they have to mention it on the runway. Yeah. Rue's favourite movie, we know, we know. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I think the bottoms were pretty right. I mean, that's just that's just a question of what you want to see, really, isn't it? I think it's probably on balance. Um, there is maybe a case for Sister Sister being in the bottom. I think Sister Sister was just bottom end of safe. Like, nothing particularly... Awful, or amazing. but nothing particularly amazing. Yeah, um, but the bottom two, it was the right ones. Cherry spoke good about her performing abilities and then didn't stand out. And then the runway was just confusing. Well, not confusing. Simple. Yeah, it was too simple. It it tried to do a lot and it did very little. And that's... No. All the other drag we've seen from her is... It's like Exquisite. big, Glamorous. very polished, and this was like down a to the floor. Wig. It was it was an ugly wig, wig which I'm surprised she even owns. Yeah, maybe I don't know. She I don't know Val Garland's boot again. <laughs> ding dong! Oh. oh my god! Imagine if a car alarm just goes ding <laughs> dong <laughs> over and over again. But um, yeah, it do, it it didn't seem like Cherry Valentine, and that's why I, I found it even more confusing. And then for taste to be in bottom two, again, I can't disagree because it's it's um disappointing on the in the rusical and underwhelming on the runway. And there's no positive emotions coming from Taste this episode apart from her face. But that's that's her face. No, before the lip sync, what we need to talk about is a talk shop curse. Because every queen that we've said we think can either win or be in the top has ended up in the bottom so far yeah. but yeah let's talk about this lip sync because yeah, no it, well if you think about the episode like if you look at the older seasons especially going back to like two and three when they couldn't really afford like you know the the, the, the latest like the i don't know britney song or beyonce song like they had a much more like ballad much more like musical type of vibe going on with the lip sync it's a very powerful lip sync i think taste cherry i didn't love her performance just kind of i think cherry as soon as she was told in the bottom she crumbled and she looked sad the whole episode she looked like but cherry looked almost paralyzed with like oh i'm so disappointed with myself like like this is over i'm going against like the probably lip sync assassin of the season yeah well we'll see but we all little Taste can kill a lip sync, yeah. And she showed she can. She showed she could. She wasn't dancing. She got the emotion. She got the emotion. She got like when she went touch me and had the arms out. I was just like, oh, chills, baby. It was so good. She really. The intensity in them eyes, like. So gorgeous. She was a hawk, and RuPaul was like something that a hawk eats. (laughs) She was about to get like swoops on, like edit that out. That's staying in. I think all your bad analogies today have got to stay in. Thrown in the frying pan or um, something that a hawk would eat. Like a rabbit. <laughs> if RuPaul was a rabbit and Taste was a hawk, Taste would no, swoop up rabbit RuPaul. <laughs> what is going on here? What is this? Yes, and I think Taste absolutely killed it. She killed it. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think Cherry did a lot. Um, she tried to embody emotion, but just didn't really succeed in doing it, and just looked a bit odd in that <laughs> outfit doing it. So I think if she pushed out a baby, baby, she could have maybe won it, but it just wasn't enough from Cherry, really, was it? So well, I'm glad. Broke on stage. She to go home. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was another situation where it was like we were again looking at each other, like, "Oh my God, look at the quality of the people." in this lip sync it was it was people that we thought would go all the way again in the bottom so i'm glad that it was if i'm honest i'm glad that it was taste that went through um i think taste is a better no not better i think taste is a stronger but a, a stronger contender than yeah. cherry overall so we want to keep the competition as good as it was and it was the right decision on the lip sync right decision on the bottom too I'm not angry this week. Nobody was robbed. Um, I think I think we've discussed the episode as far as we could. There's not as much to discuss this week as there was week one. I there's feel no like yeah, there's, not, there's not. It doesn't have that same shock as week one. But uh, the one thing it was is it was a great episode, a episode with a strange, yeah. tense vibe, but a good musical and correct judging this week. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Tuck Shop episode three. Again, follow us on Instagram at the Tuck Shop underscore podcast and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, as always, the, the outro is a mess. But listen, that's just this is just how how we do it. Um, yeah. Okay, what I'm going to leave us with today, I think we should think about this as we go into next week. But is it fashion? Is it fashion? Is it fashion? But is it fashion? But is it fashion? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Lovely. We're we're up to date now, so we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye.